This is the Pennyworth Podcast on TV Podcast Industries, and we're talking about Pennyworth Season 2, Episode 9, Paradise Lost. We're nobbled, Mr. Aziz. All four of us are okay, as of now. This Doss Assault wants a word. Hello. Hello, old chap. Dear me, what childish antics. But no harm done. My generous offer still stands. I won't press you for an answer now, but I expect to hear from you before the four o'clock deadline. As agreed. What did you call me? Dossa. That's just the sort of filthy vulgarity we shall stamp out in the very near future. For God's sake, stop that! He has rights. And I'm violating them! What are you going to do about that? We're American citizens. There'll be consequences for this. Your renegades, desperados, shouldn't think they'll make too much of a fuss if you disappear, do you? Is this what you're fighting for, is it? Sadism and barbarity? Hmm. Cruelty and strength, I'd call it. But yes, that's what we're fighting for. And do you know why, gentlemen? Because it works. Welcome back, fellow governors, fellow Gothamites to TV Podcast Industries and the Pennyworth Podcast. We are on to episode 9 of season 2 of Pennyworth, and this is the episode Paradise Lost. I am one of your hosts, John. I'm your other host, Derek. The penultimate episode of Pennyworth. Yay, we finally have an answer. There's two more episodes left. This is one of them, another one on its way. Yes, (laughs) uh, and possibly, as we discussed in our last episode... um, Possibly a season three. Mm-hmm. Um, don't quote me on that for sure, yep. but certainly it was floated around uh, by the showrunner and writer Bruno Heller um, on a online virtual Comic Con. Yeah, yeah, that was pretty cool. Uh, hopefully, we'll get a season three. It'll be really interesting to see if they change things up completely. This seems like the war is coming to an end, one way or the other, uh, next week. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> uh, will it end in? Stormcloud being dropped, or will Alfie and his gang save the day? Well, if Stormcloud was dropped, that would absolutely be the reason why everybody leaves England, right? Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Get on the plane and run away. (laughs) Um, Need to fly off. But uh, thanks to those of you who are joining us on the Pennyworth podcast, Mm -hmm. and thank you to those who have subscribed to the podcast already. If you haven't, though, please subscribe to us over on tvpodcastindustries.com or on any straight-laced or groovy podcast catcher of your choice. We're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts, to name uh, but a few. Mm -hmm. Um, And thank you for supporting us. Subscribing supports the podcast. Share the podcast. uh, Rate us. Leave a review. It all helps uh, to get 
the name of the podcast out there and for other people to find us mm -hmm. and of course you can join us over on patreon as well if you want to to support us in that way uh, just go to patreon.com forward slash tv podcast industries absolutely and if you want to buy me a coffee you can go to uh, <laughs> buymeacoffee.com slash tvpi where you can uh, support us by donating a one-off amount uh, which will go towards coffee for helping me to edit all of the episodes that we're doing at the moment. We're currently covering, covering uh, Invincible, uh, the Image Comics animated series um, from Robert Kirkman. Uh, that's on over on Amazon Prime. We're also covering the Marvel Comics TV show uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier and Pennyworth uh, each week at the moment. So uh, three different shows from three different comics companies every week. So uh, lots of editing and lots of coffee being drank. Yes, uh, we just had a new trailer drop for Loki mm -hmm. that we will be covering in June. Yeah. And we have just also finished our coverage of WandaVision. Yeah. Uh, so the nine episodes of WandaVision are available to download and listen to if yeah. you haven't already watched that show. Uh, but I think we should get on to our spoiler-filled review of episode nine of Pennyworth mm -hmm. Paradise Lost. Derek. What are some of the episode details? Well, the episode was written by Hannah Boshi. Uh, she wrote episode five of this season as well, so uh, on board for the whole season of Pennyworth. Uh, the episode was directed by Rob Bailey, uh, one of the most uh, prolific directors of uh, Pennyworth. Over his time, he's directed episode five and episode nine of season one, and he did episode three and four of this season as well. So uh, has done lots and lots of Pennyworth episodes. Yeah, good, good stuff. Two returning writers and directors for this episode exactly john do you want to tell us what they gave us in the penultimate episode of pennyworth with your synopsis for pennyworth season two episode nine paradise lost sure with less than 48 hours to go until the english league surrender or face annihilation from the detonation of a storm cloud device over london Alfie, Thomas and Martha concoct a plan to infiltrate Raven Union headquarters with Dave Boy and Lucius to steal Project Stormcloud. Meanwhile, Bet and Peggy Sykes also infiltrate the headquarters of the Raven Union with Vicky DeFrench to rescue Francis Gaunt and to get to High Chancellor John Salt. As Alfie and the gang enter the mouth of the dragon, their plan goes wrong and they are captured, beaten and imprisoned. While Lucius, Dave Boy and Thomas languish in their cells, Alfie is reintroduced to his tea trolley father who tries to persuade him to join the raven union side failing to convince alfie salt informs mr pennyworth that they will enact plan b deception back in their cells they have a fortuitous encounter with bet peggy and vicky de french who have rescued francis gaunt as bet and the girls make their way to salt's living quarters alfie and the boys attempt to escape again and fail in front of John Salt, he gives them a second chance in the ranks of the Raven Union, but is rebuffed. Left with his father, Alfie is offered a chance to escape for a third time, which they seize. Alfie, Lucius, Dave Boy and Thomas make their way back to London with both the only vial of Stormcloud and batteries not included daddy, who <laughs> knows more than he is letting on. That closing scene with uh, with Mr. P <laughs> in the back of the car was hilarious. <laughs> it reminded me of a dog with its head out of the back of the car window, just enjoying <laughs> the wind whistling through its ears um, for sure. For some reason, I had the Beverly Hillbillies uh, in my mind with Granny on the, uh, on the <laughs> yeah. rocking chair in the back of the car. I know I'm old. That's probably the reason. <laughs> but that was what was in my head. <laughs> it was just the look on his face where he's like, it's so cold. <laughs> 
<laughs> I love it. I love it. Okay, we will admit our uh, our way of covering this episode is uh, completely broken the way we normally cover it with Alfie and the boys uh, and a job, the English League, and normally we have Raven Union. But as everything is coalescing together, so are our points <laughs> for this episode. <laughs> they really are, yeah. Uh, but let's kick off with Alfie the boys and the job because there is a job. There are slightly different boys this time. We have Alfie, uh, Dave Boy, Thomas, and Lucius on the job off to Raven headquarters. Um to take back Stormcloud. What I like about this job is that they don't really have a plan. I like it's like Thomas there going, well, I can get us inside the doors by saying, I'll bring your lost scientist back to you. And then once we get inside, we'll steal Project Stormcloud. And that's it. <laughs> well, I thought it was pretty uh, bold, actually, rocking up to the front gates mm. in a Cadillac with two massive American flags mm-hmm. uh, flying uh, and certainly, I kind of feel that at least Alfie would be someone of interest to the wider Raven Union they know and, who he is. and yeah. know who he is exactly. So I thought it was pretty bold. Yeah. Um, the the <laughs> the way in which they rocked up and managed to get into um, Raven Union headquarters uh, to, to deliver Lucius the the um, kidnapped scientist, mm-hmm. uh, deliver him back. I found it interesting that Salt said. That's strange, as though getting their scientist back would be strange. But I guess, as I say, the fact it's strange that he's in CIA hands because it's it's the cover of the CIA yeah. with with Thomas Wayne that is is um, the the main reason for them to be able to just simply rock up to the front gate. Yeah, um, he kind of flags the diplomatic pass, really. Exactly, but um, you've got to think that Salt suspected that at the very least Lucius would have been debriefed by the CIA, right? I know the yeah. CIA kind of are supporting Raven Union. Well, they're kind of taking a hands off approach more than anything else. Not really. Supporting Supporting the Raven Union, just assuming they're going to win, basically. So uh, you would have assumed that Salt will go, but hang on a second, now they're going to know all about St- Project Stormcloud because they've had him in their possession for about a week or two now. So uh, you would have guessed that this wouldn't have worked as a plan. Uh, I do like I do like how it played out, the kind of movements of it, effectively. Everything seems to be going quite well. They get, they get their way uh, pretty easily down uh, to the uh, to the basement levels and to, into the science division and take uh, Stormcloud out just by knocking out a few a few guards, basically. But uh, Yeah, absolutely. Um, I I liked how when Martha, Thomas, and Lucius come to Alfie's uh, Alfie's mum's house, mm. um, I like that there's kind of that Ocean's Eleven scene where Alfie plays how they're going to do it in his head. Yes. And when they get to the Raven Union, that's how it plays out. Um, I thought that was quite a nice little touch. Uh-huh. Um, I also, just uh, as a side, I love the fact that um, Dave Boy and Mrs. Pennyworth seem to be rubbing each other up the wrong way. Oh, and, yeah. You know, kind of shouting about fingers of shortbread um obviously i think they're getting on one another's nerves uh, a bit too much here so I, yeah. I i really like those kind of little sort of very just sort of humdrum playouts that they do around normal life you could imagine a family or you know having an argument over well you've taken the last two chocolate uh-huh. biscuits or something it, like it's all that kind of stuff and it, it feels really kind of grounded and normal yeah and given the the craziness of everything else it actually plays off really nicely i think and yeah. um, but 
for me, the whole storm cloud vial that's down in the lab there, because that looks very comic booky with the the blue glow, it being mm-hmm. held in kind of a stasis and electrical chamber, yeah. and so on. So I I really um I really like this seeing how it plays out, but it goes south very very quickly, mm-hmm. um, and they're kind of confronted in the lobby of the headquarters. Uh, and you you do have that nice little standoff moment with Alfred saying, "Well, I'll drop drop the vial," and Salt simply just going, "Well, you're the one in charge, and um, think of the innocent people yeah. in, in the local vicinity." Yeah. Um, and so they get um you know they get arrested effectively, beaten up or dr- a good drubbing, good drubbing, and yes. then <laughs> thrown into the cells. Uh, at the the Raven Union headquarters. Uh-huh. Um, the one thing I really enjoyed here, which is maybe a little sadistic, I guess, um, was I thought John Salt's action in this episode felt really, really good. Um, it felt real uh, and visceral. And that moment where he hits Alfred with the end of the telephone after Alfred has spoken to Aziz to effectively say, you know, game over. Yeah. Um, it felt really vicious, really spiteful, and so on. Yeah. And then later on in the episode, the, there's almost a replay of this, but with a bit more comedy where he spits into the palm of his hand mm-hmm. and slaps really hard Dave Boy uh-huh. for derogatory terms about his mother. Yes. Um, and, <laughs> uh, but I really kind of like seeing this physical side of John Salt. You know, he's, he, he's the thinker, he's the philosopher, he's yeah. the manipulator. He puts in place plans. He doesn't really get his hands dirty, mm-hmm. but, you know, with this plan in action, he's involved and embroiled in the middle of it. Yeah. Um, and I love the fact that he's totally unaware that there are there is another plan that involves him of, as well that's going on at, at the same time with yeah. Bess and Peggy Sykes. Um, but yeah, th- there's a really nice... Um, yeah, it feels brutal than being sort of locked up here. And you, you have that moment where he says, you know... Thomas is saying, is this what you're trying to achieve, you know, um, violence and brutality and salts just, yes, they are, and because they work, you know, exactly. ultimately. So yeah. uh, there, was, there was a nice little, I think that moment was was really, uh, really good. Yeah. But, uh, I'm glad oh, you liked that. That's the one I chose as the quote for the opening of the episode. So, excellent. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, a good, it's a good moment. It really shows you that effectively he wants to rule with an iron fist. That is absolutely the plan of Salt here. He doesn't want everything um, and everybody to be able to do what they want. He wants everybody to do the things that he wants them to do in his uh, in his mind, in his decisions, everybody should follow orders, and everybody should follow what he wants them to do. So, yeah, he, yeah, he's showing his true side here. We we got a glimpse of it in the last episode where he bangs his fist on the table at the negotiations with the English League. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, up till then, and and certainly in this episode, you know, he he's been playing it meek and mild. It's like yeah. I, I'm doing your bidding and so on. Yeah, but now he has absolute power here uh, with the Raven Union Council. It seems like that power has extended to dominance over the military where you felt there were, there was some sort of not resistance to him but it was a counterbalance to yeah. uh, the council side so th- this yeah. is um th- this is really his true colors coming yeah. out you know this this kind of 
sociopathic manipulator and control freak basically absolutely um, and i think that's what it is it's control freakery it's that <sighs> everything has been so meticulously planned mm-hmm. um and we see this here with the plan b a bit as well that's uh i guess uh with with alfie's dad yeah they, you know he puts plans in motion yes. and they're meticulous and very well thought out yeah. and they normally work yeah, I suppose remember the way we were introduced to John Salt was with him murdering George Orwell yeah. uh, in that first time we saw him effectively. So uh, so he has always been a kind of an evil guy, but now he's got the power as well, which is really the corrupting part. You know, the, his troops are all wearing these same uniforms. They're no longer in army uniforms. They're now in the Raven Union uniforms and they look like like Nazis effectively. Yeah. That's very much the, the side. They look like the henchmen of, of the villain now. So, uh, so yes, we are definitely getting more comic booky as this, as this series goes on, as it should be. You know, it is based on, on DC comics characters, of course. So, uh, so you'd expect that. Uh, yeah, the plan here from, um, from, John Salt and using uh, Alfie's father, basically. So Alfie's father has definitely gone completely evil, even though, you know, first season he was the kind of big bad at the end. He was the one willing to blow up um, the Queen, effectively, for the Raven yeah. Union to take over. So it's no surprise that he's a bad guy, but uh, how bad he, he is here where he's manipulating his own son in order to enact the plan of uh, John Salt. Even There's even a moment where um, Alfie's talking to her about how ashamed his mom would be of him, um, but she'd still probably forgive him. And you think he's being on the level about the fact that he wants to see his wife again. He, he does love her. Uh, but then he says he's willing to let her die because he's willing to let, he's willing to watch everybody else lose loved ones. So, of course, he's going to be willing to let her die. So um, kind of shining a light on the fact that that his final conversation with Alfie there, where he allows him to take the gun and shoot some of the guards, um, isn't on the level. So, uh, so very much, uh, this is the, the other plan. This is the plan B. That's it. I mean, his dad is totally in, um, indoctrinated here, um, and by salt. Um, it's certainly, you know, it, it, it's, it's on the face of it. The plan is that Alfred's dad will convince Alfie to come over to the Raven Union side. Very Darth um, Vader, Luke Skywalker. Exactly. Yeah. But ultimately, that is not the plan because it, it doesn't work. And I, I, there's a really interesting moment with Lucius Fox after Alfie has come back from the um, rejecting his, his dad's plan, uh, thinking he's a monster. I, I actually thought the way Jack Bannon acted in that, both the surprise of when he sees his dad mm-hmm. and the state that he's in, um, as well as the conversation about his mom and his dad, his mom going to his his grave every every week, and yeah. um, the the betrayal that he would allow this terror bomb to be dropped on her. And mm-hmm. um, I thought he played that really really, really well. Did, yeah, really good scene. Yeah, and but it, back in the cell, it, it, it's I think Lucius, and I am just wondering whether at least the the group has someone in Lucius that recognizes, you know, why would Salt bring um his dad and ask him to come over? He he know if, you know, if his dad knows his son, knows that Alfie won't do that. Mm-hmm. So what's the other play here? And we see Salt informing, as you say, um his dad that um will have to go with plan B, yeah. which 
with the multiple arrests and failed attempts here at then escape, I think there's at least, you know, the, there's three in total, um, of, of which the last one is successful. Yeah. We have Alfie and the, the gang being freed by Bess and Peggy. Um, and then again, when they're arrested, it's, it's with, um, his dad who allows Alfred to get his gun to kill the guards and the escape with his dad. Yeah. But, at the back of it, there is this plan B, and it can only be, in my mind, anyway, that something to do with his Darth Vader wheelchair, mm-hmm. and there is some kind of detonation device, or maybe he is the detonation device, um, it, you Perhaps. know, that he will explode and, and take the um, the vial of storm cloud with him yeah it seems like it's the, the from the conversation with lucius that it is just a breakable file you drop the file on the ground and it expl- it goes off but i still wonder if there's something connected with uh, lord harwood's coffin in london the burial that happened a few weeks ago they were so insistent that the raven the, the raven union were so insistent that he was buried in london and now they're on the way to london with Stormcloud. so it makes me wonder whether there's some kind of distribution device there or something um that will that's still involved in the in uh, the burial of, of lord harwood so uh, so i just wonder if that's going to play out in the final episode we'll see there's only one more episode to go yeah exactly that is the main body of the episode and mostly what's happening with the english league is these guys are effectively carrying out their mission, trying to save England yeah. from the Raven Union. But there's a couple of little things within the English League that, that aren't included in this. Just uh, I like the idea of Martha um, kind of sitting around waiting for news and and being involved with Aziz. The two of them sitting there waiting, you know, uh, for everything to, to go down, for to find out news as to whether... Uh, Alfie and the boys have been successful or not you know they're just pacing the office effectively uh, this after Martha and Thomas finally agree to get married um, they have they have their their conversation and Thomas puts a good point forward to uh, to Martha that if he does get killed what's, he, what's she going to tell their child is she going to tell them that, um, that, that he asked her to marry him but she just went meh or is she going to say <laughs> he went off to uh, to go on uh, on a a major mission and asked me to marry her. And of course I said, yes, it's a much better story. So <laughs> yeah. that's, that's the way he convinces her. And I do love that he, he calls out that he does love her. He would have proposed to her maybe in a few years time. He's proposing to her now because she's pregnant. He's not proposing to her because she's pregnant. Yeah. It's and a she, nice, a exactly. Nice and, and you know, and she says to him, Oh, that's better. You know, you've got me listening. I, I do like the kind of thing that they say between one another that I thought being in love would be more fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it seems yeah. like it, it's been a real trial it's for the two of just them just irritating uh, yeah. <laughs> which is is really good yeah. and then as you say that that there is a really nice montage here before they go off to um the raven union headquarters on their mission and um, there's this kind of montage of of them sort of kind of waiting and fidgeting mm-hmm. you know there's real finality about it that this is the last chance you know there are the people saying bye to one another and there's the whole toasting of new friends i particularly like aziz dave boy and lucius yeah. Um, having their, you know, sharing in a whiskey and, and Aziz kind of raises a toast to friends and Dave Boy, you know, a bit morbidly says, well, all my friends are dead. Yeah. And he says, well, here's to new friends, you know, with the three of them. I thought mm-hmm. that was a real nice little moment, but there's and, a real nice just, montage yeah. of, of them all kind of 
you know, that calm before the storm of going yeah. into the operation, which I really, uh, really like. And Lucius also pointing out that nobody, he has nobody in uh, in England at all, no other family members, nobody else to spend this final time with, effectively. Everybody he knows is yeah. over in America, uh, over in Gotham, basically. Uh, there's a little shout out to Gotham in the episode. You do have um, Dave Boy once again lamenting the fact they're not in America, uh, because right now he could be in Gotham with a, with a steak, um, which is where he wants to be. Um, but in these scenes with Martha and, and Aziz together, Aziz finds out that she's pregnant and I like his reaction to it. You know, it's again, we're talking uh, early 60s, early to mid 60s. Um, and there is this idea that Martha doesn't want to tell anybody that she's pregnant effectively. But Aziz kind of says, well, you know, any kind of pregnancy during wartime should be celebrated. Um, of course, you know, it's new life coming into a world of war, you know. Uh, I'm liking Aziz a lot more this season in this in this role as prime minister. He's done some pretty bad things as well this season but he seems less um less like he's falling into mistakes which is what it felt yes. like last season he wasn't so much an antagonist of of Alfie last season as everything he did messed up things for Alfie whereas this season he's a much more active character and he's a much more uh, involved character in everybody else uh, around him which I really like yeah exactly and and there's also you know that nice moment I think with Alfie and Sandra um as well mm. which uh, it's almost a final moment with Sandra I mean it it, it continues as their relationship has has been you know Alfie mugging her off really it's a little awkward because he's been throwing the stones at her father's window who uh-huh. opens it up and you know tells him to sling his hook basically uh-huh. leave his daughter alone and stop upsetting her basically um but I, I do like um the fact that Sandra here really you know she just ca- you know, she holds her ground and she challenges him and says, yeah. well, what would you be saying sorry for? Um, and you, you actually you get a really good sense of Alfred's turmoil here in that, you know, he says actually that he does love her too much to pretend that he wouldn't let her down at some point in the future and yeah. that one day he would break her heart. And so that's why he's sorry. But it it feels like a really defining moment actually with alfred that in a sense he is a womanizer but he can't do female commitment he can't commit to female for me anyway just you know he's committed to the service of whether it's in the army mm-hmm. to his country and you know i guess in the future to the waynes and to their son yeah. that the he likes that relationship to a service of doing something that maybe is honorable yeah. or is um, justified. And it's not that he hasn't had relationships with women, but the commitment side of things like Thomas and Martha are doing in terms of committing to marriage yeah. to a long-term relationship, he finds harder to do as a, as a person. And I thought that was kind of um, interesting yeah. here. And um, I, I'm glad that they kind of broached that with Sandra uh, and, you know, kind of maybe just shone that light onto to Alfred um, yep. and, and his personality that, you know, in, in a sense, maybe it, it, it's camaraderie that he prefers rather than long term intimate relationships it's not yeah. that he can't be intimate it's not that he he doesn't love women he yeah. loves his mother he lo- you know he loves sandra and he says that to her but the idea that he would stay 
rooted in one place yeah. with a person in a relationship is not necessarily him. Like, that's a real lad's excuse, isn't it? It's a, it's a real thing. Like, you know, I, I can sleep with everybody. I'll never fall in love with you. But this feels like a bookend to that conversation he had in bed with Scully's wife, where he was saying the reason why I can be with you and find it easy to be with you is because you don't love me. And that means you, I won't break your heart effectively. So the other yeah. bookend to this is actually talking to the person that he has left and dumped a couple of times and cheated on a few times and telling her the reason why I broke up with you effectively and was going to leave is because I will eventually break your heart in the future. And I don't want to do that to you because yeah. you love, you're in love with me and I'm in love with you. you know, exactly. He, he even says we did make love here. Uh, which he would never really say. Uh, that's not something that Alfie would really uh, have those conversations about. I suppose, once again, setting up this idea that, you know, the Alfred that we know from comic books is a much older character who's living in the Wayne household. Uh, he's only really had one or two major relationships uh, that we know of from uh, from the comic books. Um, so while the version in Gotham was a, a bit of a playboy, we he had some interactions with uh, Fish Mooney, if you remember, John, uh, back yeah. in season one of, of Gotham. He's definitely a ladies' man. He's definitely attractive to other people. But the way that Jack Bannon's playing this character, you'd expect him to be married with kids, you know? So I like that they're creating this separation as a reason why he wouldn't end off with yeah. somebody. You know, he's already lost someone that he did that he was engaged with, doesn't want to lose an, another person, so he's going to sleep around with anybody as long as they don't fall in love effectively. So so I do like that. But speaking of other love stories in this episode, uh, the Aziz-Queen uh, of England uh, relationship seems to be continuing this episode. We saw they yeah. had a kind of cheeky kiss uh, last episode when they realised they were going off to die. Uh, this episode they have another kiss as as he's about to turn himself in and the queen's off to france i genuinely think there's a bit of a gag in here from bruno heller and from danny cannon who's one of the other creators of, the, of of pennyworth i know they're not royalists in in the back of my mind i know they're not big fans of uh, of royalty in england and i feel the way they treat the queen in these episodes is quite funny it, it feels completely anti the way you would see queen elizabeth all the time like the idea that she wouldn't stand up for a country she just leg it off to France <laughs> when threatened and leave the Prime Minister to deal with it, I think is really funny. Even the idea of the Prime Minister dating the Queen is very funny in its own in its Yeah, own way. exactly. It, it feels very Austin Powers form of, of the Queen to, bit, to, yeah. to, you know, to some degree that she's actually a groovy person. It feels more like, say, <laughs> Princess Margaret um, compared right. to the Queen, where, you know, it's the big sunglasses, uh-huh. it's the socialising, it's the hobnobbing, and, and she's she's kind of more uh, into that. Yeah. Um, and it, it's kind of an interesting slant on it. And I think, uh, I mean, it, it, it works it well. I, I, I like that. It feels a bit like anarchy. Well, yeah, a little anarchic <laughs> in terms of the, the Queen. And, um, you know, because it, it's very much, you know, stiff upper lip Mm -hmm. uh, rod in the back uh you know duty and service and and this is she does that but there's also feelings Mm -hmm. emotion and she has a libido as well um you know she's (laughs) she's been with alfie and now in the moment of desperation i guess at um the the loss uh, and surrender of Mm. the english league you know almost upon them uh, she finds it with Aziz. Yeah, I think that's kind of it for the main stuff that's going on with the English League and obviously Alfie and the boys and the job. Um, last kind of section of the episode really is about Bet and Peggy Sykes taking Vicky DeFrench to Salt. There are some absolutely great moments to this. I love them on the phone with Vicky 
uh, trying to force her to tell Salt that she really wants him and can't wait another day to see him. <laughs> and that kind of, again, the stiff upper lip British version with Salt on the other end going, that makes me rather happy to hear that. <laughs> kind of, <laughs> yeah, kind of exactly. <laughs> I think I can make some time in my schedule. Exactly. Um, for sure. That yeah. that was really, really funny. I love the fact that you've got Kate uh, in uh, the Sykes House of Pain, you know, watching Vicky being forced to speak to John Salt yeah. in, in um, you know, very sexualized terms. Yeah. Um, and Kate is just kind of breaking just up laughing. Giggling away yeah. to herself, yeah. It, that's really good. Um, yeah. And again, these three come straight through the front gate. Uh-huh. Uh, no subterfuge in that sense of sneaking <laughs> over over the, the fence or, or through the wall. I love that the massive headquarters of the Raven Union has had two attacks in the same day from two completely different groups of normal people, like no weaponry involved here as they come in to attack, effectively. Um, but the idea that the Psych sisters are... Uh, are pretending to be extra visitors uh, at Salt's request because he has some uh, some interesting movements planned for the evening, effectively. <laughs> Which I, I really like that. That's that's the way they're playing it. These three women arriving, three three good looking women arriving to uh, to Salt's headquarters, effectively. So uh, ushered right on up, but. They have free run of the entire place, you know. Yeah, they've got passes, um, and they they use them to their advantage, which I really, really like it Mm -hmm. in this. The one thing I I would say as well, the location, the internal bits of the um, Raven headquarters, that sort of austere concrete, Mm -hmm. and certainly the lobby bit, but even the outside with the gate and the sort of um, the guard tower. Yeah, I thought it was really nicely done. It feels yeah, proper yeah. brutalist um, and that kind of authoritarian sort of idea. You know, you you think of communist Russia or mm-hmm. or Nazi Germany and those author- authoritarian regimes, yeah. and it really fits that really well. It's a great and, location, yeah. a great set, perhaps, but but a great location for the filming. Really, really good to see it. Um, I want to talk about it in just a slightly different way, John. We, you talked a little bit about about Peggy freeing the lads who are stuck in the in the basement, but this is a really good scene to have in the show. Having uh, having Beth, Peggy, um, and Francis gone to they've they've freed from her cell, yeah. all arriving in to meet up with Alfie, Dave, Boy, Thomas, and uh, and Lucius because these characters don't interact very often. It's kind of called out quite considerably. Really, if if you were to rename this show, you could call it. Pennyworth and Sykes, because Bet Sykes is the other major character in yeah, this show. Since, the, since she got the opening scene in season one, all the way through to now, her story has been really interesting to follow alongside. But they haven't met very often. There was that kind of um, weird situation between them where uh, Bet was in love with uh, Esme, even though Esme didn't care for her. Esme was uh, was Alfie's girlfriend, so they had those interactions in season one. But you haven't yeah. seen them together in season two. And I like in this finale and it's in this. Uh, penultimate episode i like that peggy kind of calls out that alfie's a pretty all right guy you know at the end of the day not good enough for esme of course but um, but he's a good guy and she does free him and they have the conversation just kind of finding and finding out about each other and kind of catching up you know on on where each other's lives have taken them in the last over the war over the last year you know yeah no i i thought this was a really felt really natural the 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 meetup as such you know given the situation of being incarcerated in in the cells but it, it comes back to Esme. That's their focal point. Yeah. And 
you know, at the time it was tense between them because, <laughs> you know, in a, in a sense, Beth almost wanted to kill Alfie in order to get and have Esme all for herself. Yep. But Esme is, is dead. She's moved on. She's found true love again. She says that to Alfie. And she goes, you know, you're an all right bloke. You're tall. You've got good good, hair. Um, good <laughs> head of hair. And then she knocks out a guard and she goes, and now you've got a gun. Excellent. Because they were looking for a gun. And Peggy yep. was just, no, we need our own guns. You exactly. go and find your own. So <laughs> she gets him a gun. Um, and I love um, Bets. You know, she moves through... The, the different cells where she goes, that's Esme's bloke, that's the jock, and that's the fit yank, um, uh-huh. and then goes to Lucius, we haven't had the pleasure, exactly. you know, a really, <laughs> really nice kind of moment, I think, here. We should point out for American listeners, because you may not know that in, in England, uh, a Scottish person's called a jock. Uh, yeah. In America, a jock would be a, a, a football player or a, or a very that's a sportsman, yeah. really, so uh, a weird thing to call Dave Boy. Uh, if you kind of see him in action, you wouldn't think of him as a sportsman. Uh, first off not at all but no a scotsman i love his reaction to seeing francis gaunt as well it's like oh mrs gaunt you're the one that did that that sewed me up last time those stitches held really well (laughs) she's like taking pride in her work and really happy that she gets the compliment Uh, and again just interactions between these characters that you don't see together i think it's really good to see because they did spread them all across the board all across england uh in season two lots of characters Uh, didn't interact so getting so many of them together here was great the other thing as well the one thing i really liked about the way peggy was handling herself through all of that it was as though she owned the headquarters it was like well i've got my pass i'm entitled to be here (laughs) We may have gotten ourselves, you know, lost along the way in this rabbit warren of of corridors and rooms. But, you know, every time she came across a guard, it was as though we're entitled to be here. There's a reason for us being here. Here's our pass. And I love that first guard who is um, guarding the cell of Francis Gaunt Mm. is that, you know, she's she's holding up the pass. She's making sure and that everything's kind of, you know, below the radar, that they keep their cover in that sense. And Bet just pulls out a razor and slices her neck. Mm -hmm. And you see Vicky kind of about to scream and she gives a a good slap across the face. And I was just like, you know, razor slice and Vicky slap. Mm -hmm. Um, It was just like classic Bet and Peggy. I really loved um, these two. Uh, it's just I love the way Peggy and Bet hold themselves and move through the scenes um, and through this world I think it's really really good yeah and we leave Bet, Peggy and Vicky in Raven HQ as the as Alfie and the boys easily get out of uh, of the headquarters after a couple of, te- of attempts as you mentioned earlier on uh, they're off in the car and heading on home but we still have Bet and Peggy on their way up to um Salt's uh, penthouse apartment, effectively. Um, when he left from Mr. Pennyworth, he said he was going off to grab his lunch. So I presume he was on the way up to the penthouse where, yeah. he'll, where he'll meet the ladies. Uh, so that will obviously be the way we start out uh, at the final episode of season two of Pennyworth next week. Yeah, I really hope so. I want to see uh, Salt uh, be face to face with the Psych Sisters uh, for mm-hmm. sure. Um, but yeah, that they are still at Raven headquarters and um, in Salt's sort of quarters, mm-hmm. living quarters, and um, we're left with you know the um, Daddy Tea Trolley on the back of the <laughs> the car with the wind whistling through exactly. uh, his his locks. That's He's got out. the goggles on, so he looks kind of Biggles esque mm-hmm. there um, as they head back to London, and you see. 
the the storm cloud vial and uh, being held as they're informing Aziz that they've managed to escape with the the storm cloud. Yes. And so this is all yeah. sort of interesting now as we move to the final episode. Of season two, yeah, yeah. That, that tea trolley daddy is from uh, Alfie Slag. Uh, yes, absolutely. All yeah. the slags are from Alfie. So he yeah. says um, uh, again. The the batteries not included. One is yeah. like, can you can don't you, waste your batteries. Yeah, don't waste yeah. your batteries <laughs> when he's trying to convince him to um, be, turn to the the Raven Union side. Um, yeah. So yeah, yeah. Um, a couple of notes uh, about the yeah. episode, things we haven't covered in here. I really liked having Lucius, uh, Lucius Fox admonish all of the scientists. Um, yeah. where he meets him, he kind of goes, you all should know this is wrong. Science is supposed to be a calling here. You know, it's only when he's told by Thomas that he needs to hurry up and get out of there that he stops, but he's really annoyed at all of these people. You know, I know he was a, he was a mole effectively from the CIA, but he's looking around at all these other scientists who've created this bomb effectively to kill people. You know, we saw in that interview with the actor who plays uh, Lucius Fox that one of the guides that he was given for the character is Oppenheimer. The idea that, that someone would create a nuclear bomb. Um, or would realize after they'd done their scientific work that what their work was being used for was a nuclear bomb. Uh, and that's, that's the kind of guy that you have for Lucius Fox. So having this moment here where he's talking to the former people that he worked side by side with and going, you're still making this. You're still dealing in death weapons. I thought was a really good scene to have for him. Uh, cause we haven't had a huge amount of Lucius this season. He was introduced quite late, um, in the, ep- in, in the show. And we've only had a few kind of moments with him, but, but seeing more of his character is really Yeah, important. no, it was a, it was a nice little touch. Yeah. Uh, the other thing I really, really enjoyed was the Raven Union blimp over London with yes. the big neon surrender. I uh-huh. thought that was that was just so funny. Yeah. It's been um, so central from from Gotham all the way through, yeah. uh, all the way through to now. Seeing the blimps overhead, big cities is a real thing in the DC world, or in these, in at least Bruno Heller's version of DC. So, so having this blimp over London with surrender written across it, uh, flashing back and forth, I thought was hilarious. And that's what you see uh, when Thomas is sitting at home writing his letters to his mom to explain that he's getting married uh, to someone she's never even met. Uh, you see the surrender blimp outside the window at the same time. So, yeah, uh, just showing what what dire peril they're in, I suppose. Definitely. Uh, yeah, that was that's definitely my favourite uh, little background moment from the episode. Uh, final one is just to call out uh, the uh, poem that's being recited by Frances Gaunt when she's uh, when she's alone. Just because of the title of the episode is Paradise Lost, I was assuming it would be Paradise Lost that she was reciting in there because she has lost everything effectively. Yeah, uh, but she's not. She's reciting uh, Kubla Khan, the poem by Coolridge. Um, so uh, just an interesting, uh, I suppose, surprise for me that that's not what she's reciting. But uh, yeah. but there you go. And finally, for me for the episode uh, my quote for the episode uh, something that uh, I didn't understand and I had to look up uh, as usual we explained these on the episode uh, just Mrs. P uh, when she's talking to Alfie and Thomas and Martha uh, about their plan and she calls out the, the phrase who put the bell on the cat um, about Alfie being involved in this plan that's actually from a fable effectively about a, a, a court of mice who are trying to work out how they will deal with their greatest enemy one of the mice comes up with a great plan of putting a bell on the cat because when they have a bell on they will all be warned forewarned of the cat coming and everybody thinks it's a brilliant idea and then the oldest member of the of the mice court says but who's going to put the bell on the cat 
of course, completely undermining the entire plan. So if you come up with an idea, you also have to work out who it is that's going to carry out that idea. Effectively, yeah, exactly. Is what it means. <laughs> There's also, I think, um, Alfie, when he's hugging his mom, saying that he will be all right, uh-huh. he says, about, and uh, just before he goes on the mission, uh, he says, it'll be cake, yeah. it'll be cake. And I think that is ultimately a reference to it. It's, it'll be easy as making a cake. Or it's a piece of cake. Yeah, yeah. or it's a piece of cake. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it's easy. Everyone likes to eat cake. There's nothing hard in it. Um, yeah. you know, and the same with making one. Yeah. Um, in Unless that it's sense. a rock sponge. So, um, <laughs> it, it's. I think it's just an abbreviation of, of that. But I was thinking, what's he talking? What about? on earth is It'll he talking about? <laughs> It'll be cake. It'll be cake. Excellent. Okay. That's it. That's all I have for the episode. Anything else to add, John? No, nothing from my side. Well, um, overall, what did you think of the episode? How would you rate it, John? I, I would give this four daddy tea trolleys mm. out of five. <laughs> I, I thought this was really nice consolidation of, of the, the series coming to that crux of the matter yeah. of Alfie and his group working together, having the intersection with them, with Bet and Peggy yeah. and, and their storyline. And, you know, I think Thomas and Martha was really important about their feelings for one another, uh-huh. as well as Alfie and Sandra. And yeah. um, I thought, I thought that was a real nice little consolidation. Um, and I, I think that, you know, the two parts here that I think really played out quite nicely. And um, oh, actually three, I think one was Salt's just physical, presence in this episode mm-hmm. with the telephone um attack i guess on on alfie yeah. and his slap of dave boy um but i loved uh jack bannon both in terms of uh his conversations with sandra mm-hmm. um but also the the shock surprise and admonishment of his father you know that relationship's really um tense it's really difficult because yeah. of what's gone under the bridge it was certainly difficult when he blew him up at dynamite uh, last season <laughs> well exactly and so i think jack bannon played that really uh really well yeah um to, to to be honest and the third one was was um just the psych sisters yeah. um i think you know they they bring pure class every time they're on the screen mm-hmm. so uh for me it's four uh daddy tea trolleys out of five yeah, yeah. the psych sisters always bringing class and sharp weapons uh, yeah. and, a smile. <laughs> and a smile absolutely uh thanks so much for joining us for this episode we're back with the finale of season two of pennyworth next week the lion and the lamb episode 10 of season two um what do you want to happen in the finale i think we're going to ask that before we watch the finale john what do you want to see happen I want everyone to live happily ever after. Okay. I don't think everybody's going to live uh, at the end of the season, but I kind of want half of the episode be to be dealing with the end of this war, uh, taking out the Raven Union and uh, whatever the final state of England to be. And I'd love if the other half of the episode sent them off to the US, sent them off to Gotham uh, on their travel, set up a new normal for the characters. I really don't want, if we're going into a season three, I really don't want another season about the Raven Union versus the English League or whatever they're going to rename themselves for a third season. (laughs) I'd love if they closed off that Raven Union versus English League storyline at the end of the season. Somebody wins, somebody loses. Um, I'd love if that's the way we we have it. Yeah, and they all live happily ever after. Yeah. No, I I, I agree. (laughs) I I think um, if we're getting a season three, I definitely would like to see this part of Alfie's life kind of begin to come to a close and and that maybe season three deals with 
um, establishing himself in America. Yeah. I'd like to see Dave Boy there. Yeah. Um, dare I say it, I'd even like to see the Sykes sisters there Absolutely. in some way. And um, I really wouldn't want to lose them. And and maybe there, there's still some connection with with England there, um, just sort of in the background, off-centre, yeah. a bit like Alfred is there in the same way that Thomas is there for the CIA, at, okay. at least to begin with, you know, and something happens, yeah. but that it's focusing on Alfred establishing himself in Gotham yeah. and the continued relationship with Martha and Thomas, because I think from here on in, that's the important thing, moving this character, Pennyworth, in terms of what we know is to come. And it's not to necessarily get to that point where he is their butler, mm. but um, I, th- I think it would be really uh, good to have them in America for, for season three and to have some, you know, peripheral sort of nod back to maybe the English League and Aziz or something, you know, so that it's not... Because it's still part of Alfred's history. I mean, he's literally just come on board with them. So, like, mm. if he's some kind of representative in America. Yeah. So we want different things. I want the battle between the Raven Union and English League over. I'd yeah, love it if we continue. Season three is Pennyworth as a show. Maybe a spinoff with Beth Sykes in the UK and have the UK as as their hunting ground, maybe. And Alfie working on his future as part uh, in Gotham, in a young Gotham. Yeah, I'd love to see too. 60s Gotham. That'd be cool. Um, yeah, no, I, I don't think we're on different pages. I definitely want to see um, the war finish. I want to see them in America. Um, I don't know whether we will ever, given this is a spin-off uh, in a sense of a previous show, I don't think there'll be a spin-off uh, of this show. Mm-hmm. But I'd like to just, because it's early days of Alfred in America, um, uh, you know, it's not going to suddenly be with him as uh, Butler to Martha and, and Thomas. So, um, you know, that link back to his, his country makes sense, um, in some ways. And I think it might be an opportunity, not to say that the actors will be there, just be almost name references possibly, but it may be possible that some of the characters that have been so memorable, like Bet and Peggy, uh, make their way over to Gotham. I mean, mm-hmm. I could see Bet, um, and Peggy Sykes in Gotham. I'd say they'd fit um, in quite I well. I think they really would fit in quite well. Whatever decade uh, we're going to be set in for uh, for Pennyworth and Gotham, that would be really good if we'd say that next season. But we only have a week to wait uh, for the final episode of season two of Gotham, The Lion and the Lamb. Looking forward to it. Thanks so much for joining us for this episode of Pennyworth. Hopefully you're joining us for other podcasts. If you're not already, you can subscribe to the podcast on tvpodcastindustries.com and get our coverage of Invincible and Falcon the Winter Soldier, which we're also covering each week. Uh, otherwise, We'll see you next week for the finale of Pennyworth. Yeah, thank you so much, Gothamites and fellow governors, uh, for joining us uh, for this episode of Pennyworth. It has, as always, been a pleasure. Uh, So we'll speak with you again next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.